Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of Dream Chasers and Wealth Makers. We are thrilled to be back in the virtual studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring you in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about what they have tr- learned and what you need to know today. And speaking of movers and shakers, I'm pleased to have, it's been a while, my partner, Letitia Burbaum. Tish, welcome back to the show. Hi, Bart. Hey, Paul. Hi. Thanks nice to see you me. virtually, Paul. And Paul, don't you think it was interesting that when we used to, in the old days, when we used to come to the studio, that Tish would come in running with her high heels yes, in hand, running always, late? Always. And we're virtual, and she still runs late. <laughs> I thought that was crazy. We're all set to pull the trigger. It's like 30 seconds ago, and she disappears. She disappears. Yeah. I needed my lipstick, you guys. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, she she's she admittedly doesn't like to waste time, so she found a 30-second window to uh, do something, and I <laughs> yes. guess that was... I guess that's a good stick. thing. Yeah, right. I guess that's <laughs> a good thing here. Well, we thought we would kind of take a deep breath to a certain degree and pause and, and today's show is going to be reflections during quarantine ah, reflections during quarantine the Cue birds the spa music paul the, yeah right exactly dun, 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 dun. well you know one good thing and uh the birds are singing again pollution is down people are staying at home so it actually is that's not an untrue statement. I yeah. mean, in, in my backyard, I've I've never seen so many birds. Matter of fact, we, Tish and I were on a call earlier today, and she apparently got attacked by a, a herd of parakeets or flock of parakeets. <laughs> a flock of parakeets. I love how the story just changes over time. We observed them from our window in our backyard, and they were in in, in the trees. But Bart, but Bart thought for sure that was a false statement. So I, I didn't have to send it. And do you know why I used to live in San Pedro? And do you know why there are so many parakeets in Southern California? Particularly cruise ships. They buy them in Mexico as little gifts, and then they bring them back, and they go, I don't want this thing. And they just let them, or they buy it at the pet store, and it becomes a pain. And they just open the cage and let them go. So and they survive in, in the wild? Apparently they've survived cage. and created a colony of parakeets, particularly so I, in San Pedro. I know there's one, but there are other places, uh, yeah. I have never seen a wild flock of parakeets. Oh, yeah, so there's a bunch of them. I'll tell you, in uh, Santa Ana, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, there's a bunch in Santa Ana, but apparently also in my backyard. Apparently go. So you're probably feeding them. So there you go. There are some. I know there are lots of negative things, but uh, the birds are chirping again, and pollution is down. So there's, uh, I think, a number of things or, or subjects within, you know, things to reflect on, but kind of how I thought about maybe starting, and because you're going to love this, because someone's just going to ask you, like, how has your life changed during mm. quarantine? Mm. I think it's changed 150%, to be honest. I mean, Bart it jokes about it all the time that since March, we've seen each other, like, less than a handful of times. It's so true. It's, it's really unbelievable. But can I just stay on that same note? I have been incredibly productive and life, I feel like, has changed. There's been a lot of things going on in my own life. But, like, overall, I think that this has taken a lot of time to self-reflect. And really, you know, I'm very goal-centric. And and for me, it's been really great to be able to just clean house, clean things in my life, take care of things that haven't been taken care of in a lot of time. And 
really go back to the basics and just try to, and Bart, you're going to laugh. You know how much I love to waste time. I feel like I'm not like wasting time anymore. I'm, I'm kind of cleaned out of like a lot of the time I used to spend doing things. I don't think created a lot of value in my life. So now I feel, to be honest, I feel a lot more fulfilled because I'm getting a lot done and um, I have really great quality time with my family and friends and I still get things done. So I feel really good. Good. Yeah. And we'll talk about how productive you are. And, and I want to talk about clients as one of the subjects and how that has before Before you so, get off on that, can I throw out an idea, though? I've heard this over and over again on our station here as people are doing these things in the virtual studios now instead of the actual studio. They said people, and many have said this, so see if you agree, many, many people feel more productive than ever. They're getting more done, but they feel less connected. They feel less linked, actually. You feel isolated. So you're getting stuff done because you're not going to lunch. You're not going here. You're not going there. But at the same time, we're still kind of scared and isolated and alone. We don't feel as connected to people as we did, well, even though we and, can. And I'm going to you next, by the way, Paul, so get ready. Oh, but, okay. Um, the, in, uh, and I know this is somewhat graphical, but I just feel we're, all of our meetings are in two dimensions now, and it's mm. so different than three-dimension. Yeah. And then secondarily, if you stack these meetings, the amount of energy, I think, that is required for a Zoom, because you're, I mean, like, Tish is the queen of, like, multitasking and, you know, <laughs> typing a, a, a novel, like, while she's on the phone in a meeting. You can't do that when you're <laughs> no, busted. You can't be sitting there. Yeah, yeah. What was that, Bart? Yeah, I'm listening, really. Yeah. I'm taking notes, you guys. I'm taking notes. I'm going to use that one. If you think about the attention, so uh, I think the hyper focus of attention, probably good, but the amount of energy that it requires, I find myself at the end of the day. And Paul, I think we did that one show with um, Dr. Um, Grower, Sanjay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he the same thing, just how exhausted we were because we, that was an end of the day show just mm-hmm. from the day of, of, of meetings. That yeah, we I think it shows. I think we're all kind of weary and we're weary and leery. We're not sure if we like this new world. We were moving that way anyway. You know, we were all communicating more and more online. But I think we weren't ready to completely cut the cord and live isolated existences. So, Paul, your life, I, um, if, if, oh. unless something has changed, you're, you're the only one in your tall skyscraper building I am, in it's Costa eerie. Mesa, right? I am. It's eerie. Uh, I'm in a six-story office building across from South Coast Plaza. And because we're an essential service, we're allowed to stay open. But there's nobody here. And a new restaurant in the bottom floor, the coffee, are they, oh, are they both closed? They're, they're both closed. Uh, Phil's Coffee's found a way to stay open because you can come and get your coffee. So those uh, restaurants that can just pull up at the poor guy that opened the one downstairs. I feel for him. He just had opened it, and it's been closed wow. ever since. And I can't uh, that's, I can't wrap my head around what's coming. Is it the apocalypse, or is it the, are we just uh, adaptive species? Uh, what happens to all these bars and restaurants? What happens to all these uh, airlines? What happens to all these hotels? What happens? Maybe it's just one segment of our economy, but an awful lot of people seems like they're going to struggle to come back if they come back at all yeah i mean that that's a whole subject that, that we'll not cover today but it's a very true statement for sure i mean that that this kind of falls on where the so i'll say is. from my standpoint it's eerie and it creates a certain anxiety 
we're still doing shows. That's great. And so we get to communicate and connect with people. And in many studies have shown that online has gone up. Zoom yeah. conferences are zooming ahead. Netflix is higher than it's ever been. Podcast download is hitting record numbers. We're, we're starved for content and connections. But, at the, and I think it's because at the same time, we're feeling very isolated and unsure as to what happens next. And because this is a podcast and maybe listened to at different times, but just as a point of reference, we're now at a time period where we're experiencing kind of a, a round two of quarantining. Yeah. Uh, that was just announced, at least here in Southern California. And so right. we're buckling down again. And, and you know, for some, it, this is creates great challenges, especially, Paul, the the businesses that, that you just mentioned, some of the service businesses. Yeah, businesses that required you to gather together that we love. Restaurants, bars, hotels, beaches, museums, sports, places where we love to congregate and gather together and get out of our increasingly isolated existences. Those are the ones that are the most challenged right now, and I think will be challenged for some time to come. Because I'm not sure even when they do come, and and we all seem to be 100% convinced they're going to come up with a a vaccine. I haven't met one person yet that says, oh, no, they, they can't do this. So... I hope that's true, and when it happens, then we'll start to feel safe to go back out again. But until then, I don't know that I'm getting on a plane. I don't know that I'm taking a cruise. I don't know that I'm going to a bar, restaurant, or even church. I'm an Irish Catholic. I've been to church. I never missed church a day in my life, and I haven't been in church in months. You've not missed a church a day in your life. Never. I mean, uh, a Sunday. Yeah, I've never missed a Sunday in my wow. life that I can remember. Um, I mean, maybe a case, Paul. something being sick, I suppose, or something. But no, yeah. I, as a, I never just woke up and said, nah, I'm not going to do this today. Um, I'll, I'll reflect a little bit on that. It's, there's, I think with everything in life, it's, it's how, you, how you react to it, right? So you can do it positively, negatively. And so I always try to look for the bright side. And, and yes, we're at home. Uh, I'm, technically, I'm in the office about half the time. I'm the only one here, generally. And Tish and I have kind of been trading off, taking turns, uh, so as not to see each other or overlap. <laughs> well, but, that's going to. Um, Bart's already figured out how he's going to continue. He's going to come with an excuse to do that for a long time. No, sorry, Tish, you got to stay. <laughs> no, oh, no. watch it. <laughs> that's not. She's just doing this to you, Tish, right? But uh, I, I will agree from a productivity standpoint. Um, we've joked about this, and I'm not going to say whether this is true or not, but. There's days where I, you know, I found a way to work out, and I come home, and then I start working, and then I look at my watch. The day's over, and I'm like, "Bro, I didn't even get into the shower yet." <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, and that has happened more than once. What do you think about anxiety? Uh, is this going? Are we all going to have post-traumatic COVID syndrome here? Are we all going to be? Right now, we're focused on we're surviving, we're adapting, we're we're doing new things, learning new skills. We're going forward. The markets uh, go on and up, and other things. Uh, you know, it, in many ways, it feels like we've already pivoted and adapted. But I wonder if at some point we're all going to have a collective breakdown here and say, "Oh my God, I didn't realize how stressful this was." Well, not, neither of us are trained psychologists, but I, I think that's within the realm of possibility. I think, to a certain degree, I, and I'm going to choose my words carefully. I don't want to get political, but there's been some recent occurrences socially that i think are a result of people being kind of cooped up for, for yeah, too long right. um 
as may have added fuel to the fire of some social people seem issues. to be snapping you see too many things where people just go off and you say really what, yeah. what's this all about they're just they're raging they're whatever the subject is they're ready to pop here yeah well and i want to also add that bert talks about habits all the time and if he shows you like he has a discipline to go to the gym every single day like clockwork and and a lot of other things but a lot of things that bart and i talk about that make us successful are the habits that we have built that built we've created on purpose or not on purpose and i feel like right now for me, my self-reflection is, is this is a time that we have to adapt and we're creating new habits. In the beginning, it was really, really hard during COVID of just the whole process. Everything felt uncomfortable, but I feel like, hey, I, I personally, and I can't speak for anyone else, but I personally did a lot of self-reflection of saying, okay, what are the habits that I wanna be in and where do I wanna be and how can I show up every day to 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 do what I need to do? and and I created a new habit, so I adapted, right? I adapted to this new environment, and then I feel like I can still excel in my situation. I don't know about everybody else, but for me personally, you know, it's been a long enough, you know, they sometimes will say three weeks, 90 days, you can create a new habit, a new, a new discipline, and it's how we show up. And so I think for me personally, it's been a positive reaction instead of negative because I've, I've chosen that path of, of self-reflection and saying, how do I want to show up? What habits do I want to create going forward? So how will we show up physically, psychologically, socially after this is over? Will, it, will we show our scars? Will we just go back to the way things were? Or will we somehow, is this a rapid acceleration into some new normal here? It, time will tell and I, and I don't think it's an all or nothing. I think there's going to be a part of the population that will never feel comfortable, you know, yeah. maybe a small a portion of the population and there's going to be something that come out like have been they had their engines revved and are ready to to roll out. Wow. But you know, and I know it's a way overused term, but the new normal, whatever that is or whatever it looks like, I don't know that we're in it yet, but I I well, I, I say that be- life like it was maybe ever. I say that because as a student, I'm a big student of history. You're always making fun of all these crazy, weird facts I know. But I studied history and still have always been fascinated with it. And I had to go back in time because when I studied American history a lot, they talked very little about the great pandemic of 1918, even though it killed 50, 60 million people, 675,000 in America alone over an entire year period of three waves. And the reason is because when it was over, everybody said, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I, I knew my great-grandmother who lived through it. She never wanted to talk, talk about it. It was just like, whew, we dodged that one. And they wanted it to go back to the way it was as quickly as possible. There wasn't much adaptation or change that came out of that. We didn't do things differently. And they, people just, you know, I'm Catholic. They made the sign of the cross and went, oh, thank God we've lived through that one. I wonder if there's some of that in us right now. We're eager to go back out there. We're eager to get back to the way it was. And yet, I think in ways we can't even imagine this is going to change us as people. You know. And I, I wonder, you know, much like my parents lived through World War II, right. their parents lived through World War I. This is, this is not a war. Well, you can argue this is a war against an unseen enemy. We've heard that phrase before. But this, I, I wonder if this will be something that will be a reference in our life for the rest of our life, much like the war is my parents talked about the war quote unquote right 
for their entire lives that since I was born. My dad, I'm a little bit older. My dad not only went through the war, he fought through the war, and he was a he had gone through the depression as a child, and that marred his life forever. My dad never had a credit card that he didn't pay off in 30 days ever, because you just never knew when the next crash was coming. It just created a a whole different, and I think that was very common for that era. It it it. It affected the way they lived the rest of their life. Those two traumas that he went through. I agree. So I, I've kind of I've created a list, no particular order of, of subjects that we're not going to get all through today. So this will be a, a continued show. But the areas worth reflecting. Um, the items are health, family, time, finances, friends, clients, local businesses, staff, health and nutrition. Um, and I think each one of those has something worth discussing and reflecting. And since we have some time left, um, I thought we might start with just clients, which are very important to Letitia and I. And, and really, the way we run our business as, as kind of a multifamily office, really part of our extended family. And so I've, I've, you know, I've reflected on that and one the importance of them to me and how I feel about them and. Um, I get the impression that I was that we were pretty important to them during this time period because okay. we heard from okay. many of them, um, it, and it, it made me ap- appreciate the importance that we are in their life because not all. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in generality because a lot of our clients have been with us over 20, 25 years. So. This is not our first rodeo. This is different than some of the things we've been through, but right. yet it's there's some similarities. But there are still those that were like, "What do we do? What, what's happening? What is going to happen?" Um, and some I'm of gonna, the questions we can't answer, but uh, we we did serve as a sounding board. Um, te- certainly not a trained therapist. I'm going to give you someone. my opinion on this. It's based on my similar reaction. You know, I appreciate you guys are still doing show. All, nearly all of our shows are still continuing on. And I think that we're hungry for answers right now for two reasons. One, ideas, direction, anything. One, because there's never been more conflicting information about everything. We, we went through the, I went through the dot-com bust. You know, okay, it was bad. Other thing, we went through 9-11. That was scary and frightening and everything else here. But... We quickly started saying, "Okay, what happened, and what are we going to do next?" And start. We were onto that phase. We're still. Con- we're still not sure. Does a mask help or does a mask hurt? I've heard both ways. Uh, is, is this going to go away in the summer or no? It didn't. Um, is it going to come back? Is it gone forever? You know, we're getting such conflicting information from every source, and I've never been through a crisis where there's such confusion. Usually, somebody steps up and says, everybody gets together and says, "This is it. Here's what happened." We figured it out, and here's how we go forward. We can't even seem to get our hands around that. And the other thing is because we're isolated. In a crisis before, we still went out to the bar. We still went out to the gym. We still went out to church. We still gathered, and you, you got together in your family and said, what do you all think? Now we're forced to deal with this alone, and I don't think we've ever had to deal with a crisis. We didn't deal with World War II alone. Everybody wasn't locked in their house. Uh, Which so. is why I think, um, again, getting back to our clients and their their uncertainty in their concern and but both Letitia and I are are I would say for the first six to eight weeks we were sun up to you know eight nine ten at night between speaking to clients between you know obviously we have 
research to do and allocation yeah. and you know our, our our real job um but you know conversations were just one after another after another and it it i i and which is i want you to talk next but i to me it it reinforced why i got into the business mm-hmm. and and the joy i have in in working and, and helping people um even during difficult times because i feel that um, when someone looks up to you, you have like an obligation to, at least from my personality, that's what, what I, what I do. Yeah. Right. Um, and it really makes me appreciate what I do and, and clients that I have. How'd you feel Tish? You know, definitely you summed it up with what we did as like the physical side, we were, you know, on the phone. I feel like if I were to say one thing i feel like we did well is we were proactive and we reached out and we probably over communicated but we were on the phone with clients and emailing them and commentaries and the podcast and updates and as things were changing in regulations we were trying to be on top of it and really just going the extra mile to make sure that everyone knew um, information and it's important is because we manage their money. And this is so important. This is their livelihood. This is everything they've worked so hard for. And we have that responsibility on our shoulders that that we are taking and we take seriously every day. And we might be like a fun, like we banter back and forth and we're fun. But what we do has um, a lot of pressure behind it. And we make sure that, you know, what we're doing is number one, in the client's best interest. And so we're constantly doing that research and reaching out and doing the extra touch points. I mean, if we didn't have clients, Bart, we wouldn't be here, right? We wouldn't be able right. to do what we're doing. And, you know, I feel like, like you said, this is so rewarding because yes, it was hard times, but at the same time, like we walked through this process with them and we held their hand and we were there, we were guided. If they wanted or not, we were always available. And I feel like that alone is just like shows that, you know, we really are, are earning everything that we've done. And it just shows, like you said, it reignites the passion because we're being able to make a difference in people's lives and help them get through this. I'll, in, give, you in all an, I'll give you an interesting uh, similarity. I hadn't thought about this, but I'm hearing other little threads that I've heard through on different radio shows. And we do a show called Women in Electronics. It's about the electronics industry, these little components, components that go into an iPhone or a rocket ship or a, or a ventilator, all these little gadgets and gadgets. And... Every one of them said the same thing. We have never felt more important in our industry because without our little gadgets, they can't make a ventilator. Without our little gadgets, you can't have a phone or whatever. And it, and that's one example. You gave an example. I feel like I, I feel like the guy coming in and manning the lighthouse here and keeping the light on for everybody here. Somehow we've all felt, I think, in weird ways, never more important in what we do. The the factory the the the. The workers who deliver stuff in, on the assembly line who we never think about, you know, we don't give them a second thought. They're the most essential workers of all. They make sure the groceries are there and the toilet paper and the food and everything is coming. I mean, we've suddenly realized 100%. the importance of what we're doing. Yeah, 100 percent. And that I think that's a great segue into the second of my, my list and that I was just going to say staff. I mean, our staff beyond Letitia and I are primarily single parents, some moms, some dads. And so what a pivot that they had to do was one, their kids are no longer in school or daycare. They, they can't come into an office. And so now how do how do they get their work done and take care and homeschool and so on and so forth. And I will tell you for the for the most part, I I don't think we skipped a beat. 
everyone has done a wonderful job going above and beyond the call of duty and, and you know every aspect our operations manager had the foresight and i thought i i'm a, i'm i loved the word denial that's kind of my favorite word and I like to isn't that a word, river so. in, in in egypt denial that's denial. the only denial i know but <laughs> in any event, he had set everybody up with the laptop computers and and remote security and so forth in in possible expectation of this i thought there's that's this Crazy. is the United States. This is 2020. This is never going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. A month later, everyone's working from home. But I, I wanted to give praise and kudos to the staff that has done, you know, for the most part, a really, really good job. I'll give you another weird one, too, that I've seen. And, and when the history of this time is written, I think they're going to be surprised how much corporations took care of their employees. From big companies to little companies, Apple still paid people. My son-in-law is still getting paid from the bank, even though he only works a couple of days a week there. I don't know how long that generosity goes on, but and some of it was help. The government gave payroll protection and other things. To, but there was an overriding element not to fire everybody, which I thought would happen immediately. I thought they'd shed all the jobs. I'm not just saying, yeah, we did have massive unemployment. I get it. But more and more companies held on to their employees in some way, shape, or form than I thought they would have. I'm going to try to slide one more in. I know I have a yeah, few minutes we'll left, go, so we we'll may not finish. Maybe we'll lead again with this. But um, I think family, um, from a point of reflection, yeah. is super, super important and 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 critical. You know, some of us live with family at home. Some of us just have extended family. I have both. Um, but what it really did for me, as I reflect, is it it reminded me of the importance of them. Um, yeah. My my family was very supportive of what I had to do and, and uh, with a four-year-old, as Letitia knows, to try and create a, a room of peace for a few hours at a time. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not a simple task, no. but you know, we, we did what we had to do. And I think there's some humility and, 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 and reality when you're on, the, on an important phone call and, and you know, a child comes in and, and <laughs> wants to show you their stuffed unicorn or something. I think that's <laughs> something yeah. real Great. about that. But the other, you know, the other reflection is I knew that life for me had gotten busy. And Letitia and I are very busy um, with uh, philanthropic work and work work and business meetings and some travel. But to hear my immediate family say, oh, we're so happy to have you home. Oh, well, oh we kind of like this because you're not you're home all the time. You're not you're always home, gone. You're not working. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. that that was a aha moment me yeah uh -huh. um, maybe i should do more so of those fine places yeah i i mean i i'm gonna start with that and then i'm gonna unwind and say more but i feel like i wasted a, like i was saying in the beginning i feel like i wasted a lot of time doing stuff that didn't bring me a lot of value in my in my life and 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 like you said it could have been like just from point hit point a to point b but like you said we travel so much and work and are in meetings and and, and everything else that comes to what we're doing and research that sometimes that we neglect the people that we love the most and be our family and and because we know they'll always be there well they might not always be there you know and you know family is important it's people that provides us love people that we love um it's the support the framework it's the values that we all bring together i mean i have to tell you i feel like i eat three meals a day at the table with my kids now <laughs> i I don't, I've never done that. I've never done that. So to me, like just little pieces like that and just reinforcing, you know, 
personal growth with my family. And I feel like it's so fun. Like it's just life's little joys. Like today, you know, when I stepped outside to go do something, my daughter said, you know, um, where her tooth was loose and it fell out and I was right there and she lost her first tooth and I get to be part of that. You know, and it's like little things that when you are like a business working woman that you sometimes sacrifice those things and it's just part of what you do. You don't get to have it all. And this way you get to be able to be part of that and it's really rewarding that you get to see that and you're like, okay, back to the next Zoom meeting and off we go. But it, it is really rewarding. So I just wanted to say thank you. For I hope we don't that. forget it. I hope it doesn't yeah. just fade away when the rush to True. reopen happens True. again here. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks for letting us uh, extend a little bit over Absolutely. We've got many more subjects. This was um, very nice because I so far we've just been focused on the fear and the chaos. We need to start looking at it and say, well, are there other things we could be learning from this? Is there is this all bad or is there something good we can get out of this? Exactly. Exactly. So thank you both for your 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 candor and you're willing to uh, participate in this little conversation. So I hope it helps somebody. Hope, we will. hope it helps them to think twice as they're listening to I it. I hope so. We will definitely Good to continue. See you, Paul. <laughs> well, you're going to see a lot more of Letitia over the next couple of weeks. She's going to be running the show, Paul, so you know she is. what that means. That's what yeah. she's been wanting to do. This is it. She's All taken right. over. She's taken over. <laughs> but in any event, um, thank you both again, and thank you for everyone who has tuned in, and we look forward to being in studio again next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivest, Inc. and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivest, Inc. under SEC registration.